Welcome to the Factory of Sadness. My name is Max Steiger, and we are back. Another episode of the greatest podcast in at least like Northeast Ohio, at least. Well, I like to think so. I don't know. I don't really but listen to podcasts from Northeast Ohio. So you know what? Out of ignorance, I'm going to say yes. There you go. There you go. I'm Max Steiger, one of your hosts, joined as always by Josh Shankman, your other host. Max, how are you doing today? I am doing great, Josh. It was hot today. My God, it really was hot. I'm so glad I was indoors all day. Oh my gosh. Outside, it's a combination of sun beating down on you, the normal hotness, and then the humidity from the rain. The humidity is awful. It always makes it way worse, way worse. Although, it's just crazy. The last, like, week, every day, I feel like it's just opened up randomly during the day and poured. Yeah. And I don't mean rained. Like, I mean poured. For, like, five minutes, and then it goes back to the And then it's perfectly dry. It's insane. Uh, good thing though, I've learned to close my windows, so we're not going to have any problems with that. that I will a, not do that. That is very good. So The worst is uh, the people that leave their sunroofs open. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Because that is all up in your car. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Nope. I was inside all day. Windows closed. So that was very nice, Max. On the other hand, the blooper of my day, I wish I could start a thing like that, but I like to think I don't have that many bloopers. The blooper of my day is, Max, I got Chipotle for lunch at work today. Okay, normal. Do it all the time. It's great. I order on my Chipotle phone. at er, My Chipotle Ooh. phone. My app. Wait, if anybody were to have a Chipotle it would, phone, it would be. Yeah, probably. I order on the Chipotle app, which I use a million times. Whatever. Go to order for pickup at the Strongsville Chipotle. Check the address to make sure it's the Strongsville Chipotle. Order away. Okay, all set and good. You following the story so far? Yes. Great. Drive to Chipotle, 10 minutes after I'm supposed to pick it up, nobody's making any orders, my food's still not ready, and I'm hangry because it's like 2 o'clock at this point. I'm starving. I go to pull up my order confirmation. I ordered Chipotle to Williamsburg, Virginia. How? How I don't even know, but somebody in Williamsburg, Virginia just had five meals ready for them, so I threw a $50 bill down the toilet mats. That's it was crazy. bad. Yeah, that's pretty bad. So it's very funny in hindsight if you ignore the wallet part. Right. But that's okay. It that's was okay. okay. They made my food. They had a good laugh at me. I think I'm sure they made fun of me once I walked out of the door and called me an idiot. But you know what, Strong Social Chipotle employees, you have your fun. We will have ours, Max, covering <laughs> sports. There you go. And what a transition into the podcast. <laughs> uh, so it's been a week. And... Normally, in the past few weeks, there have been two full series of the NBA playoffs, but now as they're coming down, whittling down to the final schedules, the final brackets, whatever it is, a lot less games are happening. We have a game every other day now for these series. Which is kind of really nice, though. It is very nice every day to have a game. So good. But I do miss the, you have a game at six, and then you have a game to watch. Oh, yeah. Well, because that's like the March Madness feeling. Right, exactly. Like, it's, okay... I need to get to the gym in the morning because I'm on the couch from 12 to 12 right. watching basketball. Right. Definitely the gym for me too. Right. I don't think so, <laughs> but that's okay. Max, we still respect you. <laughs> Thank you for saying that. You're welcome. But we are down to two series, everybody. The Suns are playing the Clippers in the Western Conference Finals. I kind of just said the Clippers. That was a little weird. And then the Hawks are playing the Bucks in the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, and up to this point, we have Phoenix up 3-2, to two and uh, Milwaukee, sorry, up 2-1. to one. Milwaukee and Atlanta are playing tonight. 
Josh, we got the unfortunate news that Trey Young will not be playing in the fourth game, and that should give an easy win to the Bucs. It, it really should. I mean, this Hawks team is deep, but if they don't have to worry about someone who's as offensively scary and dynamic as Trey Young is, the Hawks are really in a, in a bad spot. I mean, Lou Williams is a very good player. He's not your number one facilitator. You right. do not want him to be your number one facilitator, and now he is. Unless you're going to tell me Kevin Herter is going to be playing point guard for them tonight, right? It's, I mean, it's between, in my mind, uh, Lou Williams and then you have Kendrick Dunn. Uh, Kendrick Nunn, no. No? No. Absolutely not true, but that's okay. Uh, hold on. That's okay. And who is the guy that was on the Bulls? Chris Dunn? Chris Dunn, that's who it is. Chris, Chris Dunn. Dunn. Yeah, and, and Chris Dunn's good. I mean, there's a sneaky chance you can see Chris Dunn kind of pull off a Cameron Payne performance tonight. But I doubt it. Either right. Either way, they if Atlanta somehow pulls this off, it's off an insane game from Bogdanovich and Collins. And There's, and Herder. And Your Herder's gotta play yeah. lights out as well. So it'll be really interesting. Uh I don't think the Hawks have a chance with Trey out, unfortunately. because uh, I am rooting for them. Did I tell you about the bet my coworker made? No. Oh my god. So he was talking smack about Giannis on um Instagram Live. And so I called him on it, and I was like, dude, what are you talking about? He's like, Giannis hasn't even played that well. Which, if you want to look at the stats, we can bring it up, because I was going to say something about it. He's been playing fabulously all playoffs. He just hasn't been the number one player on this team in my mind, at least in this series. Well, we can talk about that in a minute. Either way, he's been playing fabulous basketball. Very, very important fabulous basketball. And I call him on it, and he's like, yeah, well, he's not all that. So my boss, who's not even in that day, calls me. And says, put me on speaker. And starts grilling my coworker about it. And is like, dude, you're insane. You're out of my, your mind. You don't even know what you're talking about. They place a bet because my coworker is so confident in how good the Hawks are and how not how Giannis is going to choke. He says, Hawks in six. I'll bet on it. So six games or less, the Hawks win. My coworker wins. Hawks in seven or the Bucks win the series. My boss wins. The stakes, if my coworker wins... Three days of working with triple pay. No way. Triple pay. Oh, my God. If my boss wins, three days, zero pay. That's a dumb... Well, okay, so now with the Trey Young out, he's going to be pissed. He's going to have three days of no pay? Exactly. Six games. That's... They can't... The Bucks can't win another game. I know. He's screwed. He's screwed. (laughs) (laughs) He was screwed anyways, but it was... It was hysterical, so... On the topic, though, Max, of Giannis and Chris Middleton, the one and only Kendrick Perkins has said on occasion, and he said it again, Chris Middleton is the Batman of this team, and Giannis is just a Robin. I wouldn't say just a Robin. I guess that's slighting Robin Robin Hood. But But the, the idea is that right now on this team, in this series, in the playoffs, whatever it is, that... Middleton is the number one guy, and Giannis is his sidekick who's taking some of the pressure away from Middleton. And if you look at scoring stats, that is correct. You can't dispute that. Oh, if wait, say that again? Scoring. Who's who's more important? If you're talking about points per game, doesn't Middleton have more points per game than Giannis? Who is the better scorer in the playoffs so far? The guy, I'll read you their last eight games. 33, 25, 34, 40, 30, 34, 34, 33, or 38, 15, 15, 23, 38, 25, 19, 35. 
the, the first the, the idea is that it's Middleton. I don't necessarily agree with Perkins, but Middleton in the fourth quarter is a lot better than Giannis in the fourth quarter, and that's when these games have mattered. The do most. you have the numbers for that? Because I do not know. Well, I can tell you from the last game, Middleton scored twenty well, points. In the middle. Well, here's the thing. Middleton, and this is exactly when Kendrick Perkins has said it, has had two absolutely magnificent games. Right? He had 38 points last night, shooting well over 50%, including 50% from three. And he scored, I think, what, 20 points in the third quarter? And then he scored another 38 points in the versus the Nets in game six, where he shot 11 of 16 and five of eight from three. So again, lights out performance. Right. Other than those two games, though, he's only scored over 20 points. Oh, sorry. And there was a third game where he scored 35 points. Uh, again, fabulous. That was game three versus the Nets. Other than that, he scored over 20, 20 points only two other times this entire postseason. Or, sorry, in the Nets and Hawks seat, uh, series. And that's why he can never be the number one because of his inconsistency. So I do disagree, but... If you have him playing how he played in the last game, then he oh, is the yeah, but he one. doesn't do it often enough. Right. He does it 30% of the time, which right. is not... To me, that's a Robin. Right. To me, the Robin is the one that shows up every so often and is incredible, but other than that, eh. And At that's the end exactly what's good for me. Chris Middleton, in my mind, is a lot more reliable in the late game fourth quarter situations than Giannis is. You don't want to set it up for Giannis to hit the game-winning shot. Right. You're giving that well, to Chris Middleton. For the game-winning shot, I would agree. Especially, well, if you need a jumper. <laughs> right. If you need to send someone in to get if you two points. If you're doing DeAndre Ayton. Right, obviously. But if you need two points and you have 10 seconds left. Yeah. Giannis all day for me. If you need three points, can't give the ball to Giannis at all. Very 76ers-esque, right? I would even say not only three points, anything outside of a extremely close mid-range shot you give to yeah oh yeah, yeah, yeah yes yes i agree what i'm saying is if it's two points Giannis can drive and he's so large that right. there's a good chance that that late in the game he's gonna get fouled yep yep but i mean it it begs a lot of questions the biggest thing around Giannis is can he do it alone because so many situations he's been put in, he needs to because Middleton is so inconsistent. I agree. I agree. Well, Middleton, Middleton's been met all postseason other than three games. Right. So, I agree. Um, I, while I'm looking at the stats, Max, do you want to guess who the fifth leading scorer is on the Bucks right now? It goes Giannis, of course, Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, then Brooke Lopez. Is it Bobby Portis? Yeah. Where did that come from? Well, he's been great all season. That's insane. Been, I hadn't been paying close enough attention, clearly. Oh my gosh. I mean, I don't think he... I feel like he's been injured because he, he was... Right at the start of the season, he was in the spotlight. Like, yeah, the yeah, perfect yeah. Six I remember. And then he kind of went away for a little bit. Right. And I'd seen Bryn Forbes doing really well right. and PJ, Con- er, <laughs> PJ Tucker and Pat Connaughton also doing well. And, of course, DiVincenzo's a decent scoring punch, although he's been crappy all postseason, which is very interesting. Um, although he's only been put into three games, so I guess that's part of it. But uh, Bobby Portis? Totally yeah. missed it. Uh, an update from game four. Lou Williams is starting at point guard. So I'm sure, but it'll be I, it'll be interesting. I've never seen... They don't they don't have a facilitator. See, exactly. Lou Williams is a pure scorer. Kevin exactly. Hunter is a pure scorer. 
Bogdanovich isn't a facilitator. Dude's too slow to facilitate. <laughs> <laughs> John Collins and Quinn Maybe John Collins is going to run the floor. So. No. I, I, it's really interesting. This I, is when you are t- saying to Hawks management, why did you let go of Rajon Rondo? This right. is exactly why we wanted him. And I always think it's interesting when teams, maybe not on purpose, but have different approaches to the game, whether it's purely shooting based, purely big man, purely facilitating, whatever it is. If this... Uh, situation that they're in can find success that would be very impressive and be another notch on Nate McMillan's impressive resume he's if he doesn't get hired for them I'm throwing a towel in on the entire (laughs) NBA I don't even know there's no way in my mind Nate McMillan can't get rehired as the Hawks coach next year no so anything else in this series not for this series Max no then let's head over to the Clippers and the Phoenix Suns Phoenix is currently up 3-2 but just a day ago they're up 3-1 and Josh, that's what happens when you're playing against Ty Lue. Ah, I see what you did. It took me a minute. I was like, why are you telling me that when they win a game, the number goes up <laughs> by one? Yeah, I I don't think so. Well, I, that's, I, I, I don't think Josh, so. Can happen. I don't know if you've Oh, that might not be true, but Ty Lue has the most wins in elimination games in NBA history. He's 10-2 and two when facing elimination. That's unbelievable. That's incredible. He's so good. He's so He's, good. There's... As a coach. He's been out of the limelight for a long time, and now after this playoff series, people are starting to say, is he the best coach in the NBA right now? Whoa. That's a far jump. I don't know if I believe that. I'd have to think more about it. And He's undoubtedly that, top three, top four. Probably. I think people didn't understand. Like, it's fun to see people who laughed at him as the coach of the Cavs and said, he's not actually the coach. He's just there to let LeBron coach. To now see him with this Clippers team that clearly needed coaching. Right. Lead them into success without Kawhi Leonard. That's the big key. Kawhi, the superstar, the one that, you know, was brought into LA in the first, like the reason everything began happening with the Clippers, right? Yeah, I don't care that Paul George was acquired first, right? Kawhi was the move. And yet, he's not there. In theory, that would crumble a team like the Clippers that clearly didn't have the leadership in place to do well last year in good spots. And yeah, to me, Kawhi's injury proves two things that people have sort of forgotten. One, that Paul George is a top player in the NBA. He's so good at basketball. I don't even like him, but he's so good at basketball. Consistently underrated. Okay, his game last night, unbelievable. Yep. 75% from the field as the leading, like the leading person on a team is insane. He took 20 shots and made 15 of them. Yep. And the second thing, like we were just saying, is how good of a coach Ty Lue is that he can adapt a game plan around losing your team's best player. And not only a team's best player on offense, but on defense, too. Yeah. Maybe uh, maybe Pat Bev and him are pretty similar. I think Kawhi's the best player on defense, too. No. I think Kawhi's one of the best defenders in the NBA. So, also good for George, though, because I think... While it's really important to commend him for how well he's been playing... It's also important to like make sure that when you're talking about it, you're not just using bulk numbers because he's had some crappy games where he still managed to put over 20 points. Like two games ago, he got 23 points. He also shot five of 20. Right. That's bad. Yeah. So no, but I agree. Overall, props to Paul George. He's been playing really, really well, and I hope he gets the respect he deserves um, without people going crazy because then I'll start to dislike him for stupid reasons. On the flip side, the Suns are now shaking their pants a little bit. They're not sure if they're going to be able to come out from this. Well, because now they got to go back to L.A., right? Uh, 
Yes, because it's game five. No, game six is back in. I thought they were the higher seed. They are the Phoenix oh, wait. is the higher seed. Does that does that mean they do two three two? They do. Two, no, I thought they did two two, two, two one, one, one one one. So yeah, they're in Clippers. They're at the Clippers. Yeah, so they're back in L.A., home court. There's a good chance L.A. wins this game, and it's 3-3. In which case, you're looking at, you know, winner take all and on any given Sunday. Devin Berger has to step up in this game. Because I was literally about to say that. He's been so underwhelming this series. Yeah, he I, has. Has Pat Bev been his primary defender, mainly? I'm sure he has. Because if he is, I mean, I've watched a few games where he has been the guy mainly defending Booker. Booker just looks completely flustered. Not just rattled, not like uncomfortable, like flustered. <laughs> oh my god, there was this one possession where Pat Bev made him travel because he couldn't shoot the ball. Yep. It was insane. And the big key, it's not just what we've talked about so many times with the Suns team is that it's such a complete team. But in the last game against the Clippers... Uh, Devin Booker had 31, Chris Paul had 22, the next high scorer was Cameron Johnson with 14, and DeAndre Aiden with 10. Nobody else had over 5 points. I think, okay, I, I think if DeAndre Aiden doesn't score 20 points, they don't win the game. I think if Jay Crowder doesn't score up there, they don't win the game. I think it's the same effect of both guys, yeah. but I'll say 15 for Aiden, but yeah. I think, I don't know, Stephen A. Smith said it today, and for once I agree with him, they have to get Aiden more involved, and it's the rest of the team as well. It can't be an iso ball game for the Suns because they're a team team. So I, it'll be really interesting. Mikal Bridges, I mean, this is a team full of 10 points per game scorers, or should be 10 point per game scorers, right? Cameron Johnson, Jake Crowder, Cameron Payne, Mikal Bridges, DeAndre Aiden, Chris Paul, Devin Booker, all of them should be scoring over 10 points a game if they're, you know, cooking, humming. So hopefully, which they can easily do. They it's not it all season take, long. It shouldn't. Okay, knock on wood because I want them to win. They shouldn't have a problem doing it. You're right. They should be able to, especially if Kawhi stays out. They should be able to lock this up with knock on wood relative ease. However, the Clippers are proving more feisty than I would have ever imagined. Well, the Clippers. What's interesting is that each game they have players that are stepping up. You see players like Reggie Jackson. Reggie Jackson been has playing. been unreal. I mean, dude. talk about revitalizing a career. He's always been an average player, a good player for Detroit, but he's played for Detroit. But Detroit, right. And now he's in the limelight, and he is playing incredibly. He's, he's exactly actually, what they need. He's actually been insane. I think he's 50-40-90 on the playoffs. I think you might be right. And it just feels like every time a team is clawing back if they have a lead, boom, there goes Reggie Jackson with a three. Yeah. Nails it. Like, he's been unreal, dude. Yeah, so you, you have Paul George, Reggie Jackson, and then some combination of Terrence Mann going off, Marcus Morris Terrence going Mann off. Terrence Mann is so weird. <laughs> He'll go for 40 points one game, and then, like, four the next game. His average is postseason 7.7 points a game. But he scored 40 points that one game. Yeah. So, to me, the biggest key for the Suns is to get those fourth and fifth players involved and if you're the Clippers you want to get that third player involved if you I was can saying, get... they need more than the third player to be honest yeah I think they need they need stronger play from everybody and part of that's I think just overall ball movement and it's like we talked about this is a top heavy team versus the Suns that are throughout the whole team strong um, but this the Clippers need other people to perform and Reggie Jackson's been unreal and Paul George has been very good but they need they need more scoring punch than those two. Their defense, though, has been 
un- unreal. Yeah. Yep. Anything else for that series that you got? That is everything I've got. All right. Well, before we move on, some more not as important sports things. Chauncey Billups was officially signed by the Trailblazers. Yeah. And there is already contention with him and Dame Lillard. Yeah. What? Can you catch me up? Like, do you know what's going on? Because I don't. I, like, got a headline about it. Because it was yesterday, right? Uh, yesterday or the day before. Yeah. I got it. I saw the headline, but I didn't actually. Hawks are up six right now. I know it's only six minutes in, but I just saw that. So I don't, I don't know. I didn't get to read enough about it, but I did see they already had beef or something. And I'm pretty sure Damian Lillard said there was nothing going on and that everything is just being overconstrued by the media. Yeah, uh, I'm sure that is true. Uh, the idea that's going around is that Damian Lillard is not a fan of the hire. And because he's not a fan, people are thinking that he's going to be on the outs uh, this is a tweet from Damian Lillard. Really, I asked what coaches I like of the names I heard, and I named them. Sorry, I wasn't aware of their history, and I didn't read the news when I was seven or eight years old talking about the 1997 Chauncey Billups scandal. I don't support those things, but if this is the route, you'll want to come at me, say less. So, so basically, it sounds like the media is taking things off. way exactly. out of proportion. Yeah. Also, Damian Lillard is not going to be on the outs. <laughs> no way. Yeah. If any player's out on that team, it's probably C.J. McCollum. Yeah. Even though I do really like C.J. McCollum. <laughs> I didn't even see this. The Mavericks are hiring Jason Kidd as their head coach. Yeah. Did I see that? You didn't see that? Oh, my my boss thinks they're ruining Luca's career with that hire. Interesting. Which I don't really understand why, but I'm not, unfortunately, a NBA coaching guru, so I'd have right. to look into it more. <laughs> but the Hawks are up 10. Just want to keep, um, keep Probably most important thing, history-making, that's happened in sports in my mind, is that yesterday, and announced today, I think, Ohio officially passed a bill to allow student-athletes going to a college or university in Ohio to make money off of their name, image, and likeness. Someone was telling me that it's, or maybe I didn't see it, maybe I saw an article or a tweet or something, that some of the monies, like sums of money that's being talked about is unbelievable. For paying certain top high-end athletes. Is it paying athletes or that they can get sponsorships? Paying, like, for sponsorships, I think. The, not by the schools, though. I don't think by the schools. Okay. I don't know, though. I didn't read enough. Do you know numbers offhand? No. The okay. tweet wasn't that. It was when people... The quote was something like, when people see the numbers oh, okay. that are getting tossed around, they're going to be in shock. Yeah. So I have, I have a friend from school that graduated uh, that's at an Ohio university running track. And so I texted her to see, like... Like, what's going on? Like, are you going to get a sponsorship? And she said that she's training really hard so that she can get her name thrown around in her division. That'd be so get cool. get a sponsorship. I mean, it, life-changing. It can be if you, if you do enough. But. And especially when you're talking about Ohio schools, you have Ohio State. Huge. And then huge market, too. Pretty much everything else is small market players that are able to get small market sponsorships. Yep that can still change their lives. There's a reason that they're not at big schools, whether it's a money thing or whether it's a not having enough opportunity or not having enough skills, but it doesn't matter because this is an incredible branding opportunity for businesses. If you can pick up an athlete in their freshman year who has some sort of bright future, make them the face of your company, come on, the local press on that, it's going to be all over. So good. So, yeah, it'll be super cool to watch, and I'm excited to keep watching it. 
Um, speaking of point guard, uh, the Hawks point guard decision, Lou Will already has seven points and is perfect from the field. There you go. So, Max, do you have anything else for the NBA? Let's head into our next division. Josh, we decided that we would do the NFC South. So let's get going. Uh, let's go bottom to top again with my predictions because I'm more important. And I am going to start out of Carolina, which oh. does not actually exist, Josh. It is neither North Carolina. Do you know where they play? Are they North or South uh, Carolina? Raleigh, I Raleigh, think. North Carolina. I think. Anyway, Panthers. They got a new QB1, and his name is Samuel Darnold. And I Charlotte. Ex- Charlotte. That's embarrassing. I'm expecting him to play a lot better than he has the past seasons. He's got Robbie Anderson, who he played with the Jets, and he was great with Robbie they Anderson. They had a very good connection. Underrated. Yeah. Uh, DJ Moore, who's an, another underrated I receiver. love DJ Moore. Don't get me started. And theoretically, and hopefully knock on wood, a healthy McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey. Haven't seen that in a little while, but when he is healthy, one of the very best playmakers in the entire NFL. If not the best. And Josh, I'm expecting if this offense is healthy, it should be top 16. It should be on the better half of the NFL. Yeah, I think so. I think I'm less high. I don't know. I'm very cautious. Because I think of because of Sam Darnold. Yes, yeah, yes. I think the move to a smaller market is great. Everyone said coming out of the draft, one of the biggest things they were worried about is Sam Darnold in a big market, right? Because he's not a big market personality. That dude likes to fish on the countryside <laughs> with his dad or something like that, right? He's a he's a quiet dude. He is not a flamboyant personality. New York market probably asked him to be something he wasn't comfortable being. And I think that related to his play, play as well. So I think moving to freaking Carolina, which is a very mid-sized market, is a great move. That being said, how much damage has already been done by the Jets? And that's really my question. If you were taking Sam Darnold raw prospect from the NFL draft with this Carolina team, I think I'd actually be higher on it than I am now. Because I'm worried that his mental state is so messed up his by how the Jets did for him. So shot. Right, that's what I'm saying. And I don't know if he can get it back. I hope he can. Because I think he's a really good kid. But he's gonna, he was not put in a good spot by the Jets. And we talked about this a little bit when the trade actually went down, but... There's a lot of similarities between his situation and Ryan Tannehill's situation. Ryan Tannehill obviously has found success in Tennessee after coming from Miami. So you could think, oh, it's pretty similar. But Darnold was a better prospect out of college. Tannehill had a better career with the Dolphins than Darnold did with the Jets. Yeah, and they're different quarterbacks. So it'll be interesting. I think he's he's got a shot to be really good. I just don't see it. On the other side of the ball, the Panthers have a young defense, and they Dude, started to come together a little I bit. I forgot they got the steal of the offseason. Hassan Reddick for $8 million? I can't get over it. I cannot get over it. What a pickup. Yeah. All right, I'm back now. So the, the defense will be good, but honestly, like it's still a rebuilding year. Nobody's expecting them to compete. Josh, I look through their schedule like I always do. I predict them to have six wins this season. I could see that, but I'm interested that they're your worst team in the division. They are my worst team. So heading up to my next worst team comes from Atlanta. The Atlanta Falcons, Julio Jones is gone, but they got their next Julio Jones and Kyle Pitts. 
I would not be surprised if at the end of the season, Calvin Ridley and Kyle Pitts are a top three receiver duo in the NFL. But I mean, their defense is just so bad that it. This is why I'm stunned you didn't have them fourth. Matt Ryan is a really good quarterback. I love Matt Ryan, and I think he's one of the best in the league still. Calvin Ridley, very good. A couple gadget-type wide receivers underneath that. Russell Gage is a good possession receiver. But to Jay Sharp had, like, preseason hype four years ago on the Titans. Um, and then, yes, I think Pitts is going to be remarkable. But their running, running game is not strong. Their defense is horrific. Why do you have the Panthers over them? Or under them? Uh, I'm high on their offense. And their defense was horrific last year, and they improved it slightly. Not much. I think the coaching change will be big. I'm also not sold on Sam Darnold, and I think that Christian McCaffrey will be injured. <laughs> well, okay, at, fair enough. At the end of the day, the pan- it's a one-game difference, so it's a difference in schedule. You think that schedule. Falcons get seven? Yeah, exactly. I don't know. I think I see, I see this team being not as good. I think they're going to be the same Falcons we've seen the past two years where they put up a lot of points and have flashy things and always lose games. Mostly because I think their defense is really bad. I love Deion Jones. But the, the, there's, not, there's not that much to this defense. Dante Fowler's been a reject twice. Grady Jarrett got signed to a way too big contract after a good postseason performance and has not performed. Deron Harmon's a nice piece, but nah, not so great. And other than that, you barely even have recognizable names. AJ Terrell, I believe, was a first-round pick last year, but played very meh. I think your best player on the Falcons' defense slash special teams that you'd have in um, fantasy is going to be Cordero Patterson, their kicker turn. Right. So I I don't I'm intrigued that you you you're that high on their offense. Are you yep. that high because of Kyle Pitts? Uh, I'm high because of the combination Kyle Pitts, Calvin Ridley, and Matt Ryan. Uh, it's a, it's going to be the similar offense to last season, which was a top offense in terms of statistics. It just their defense dragged them down so far. Right. I just and I don't see that improving. Yeah. So the biggest question for me for this season isn't necessarily about the season, but more about the future. Of that is the young core of the Falcons going to push out Matt Ryan in shape of a new quarterback or allow him to thrive and get him an extension? But I agree that I think it'll end up pushing him out. I think it's going to push him I think he's going to move somewhere. Stafford-esque. Yep. Yep. So, but I don't know. It'll be really interesting. Now that we talked about how much quarterback turmoil, turmoil there was this year, right. it's going to be really interesting to see what teams are in the market for one next year. 100%. So, I, and the, I the quarterbacks coming out of the draft next year are going to be good. Are they? They should be, yes. I know nothing about college football until about October. So, <laughs> Yes, they should be very good. So moving up to the next team, I have the New Orleans Saints with another quarterback question, but two questions. Between Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill. Well, I don't think there's two questions. The consensus as of now is that Jameis Winston will be starting. But are we going to be getting Buccaneers Jameis Winston or the best version of Jameis Winston? If we're getting Buccaneer Jameis Winston, then Taysom Hill could take over part of He really could. And I think that's unbelievable because I don't think Taysom Hill's a functional quarterback. No. He can gadget He's all a gadget you want. He's an amazing gadget He's great at gadget quarterbacking. But I'd frankly rather have Alvin Kamara as my quarterback than Taysom Hill because that dude would 
Holy smokes, that dude's good at the game of football. Josh, the Saints had the most players in Pro Football Focus's preseason top 50. Really? They did. Kamara Thomas, Cameron Jordan, and who else? Well, I didn't have a list available. Well, (laughs) you should have. Max, while you're looking that up, because I'm curious, here's my thing about the team. Obviously, the quarterback situation is a huge question mark. If Jameis Winston can do basically what he did with his, in his last year with the Buccaneers, except actually be able to see defenders since he got eye surgery and not throw 30 interceptions, <laughs> they're going to be in a good spot to be a very competitive wildcard team, in my opinion. <clears throat> I think their offense will be dynamic. Of course, like I said, Alvin Kamara is unbelievable as long as he's healthy, which he's been the past few years. And Michael Thomas, hopefully on the field instead of being a, you know, baby like he was last year. I'm not a Michael Thomas fan, although I think he's a very good receiver. Um, And then their defense was surprisingly good last year. I don't think enough people gave them credit for how good they were. Uh, A team that had routinely struggled with their defense ended up having a top 10 defense last year. Um, And if that's the case again, I think, like I said, this is going to be a wild card team in the NFC. Well, this list is not good at all. PFF is doing something wrong. They have their 28th player is Ryan Ramchek, 39th what? is Alvin Kamara, 43rd Toronto Armstead, 44th Michael Thomas, and 48th Marcus Williams. Cameron Jordan is not on the list of preseason top 50. And Ryan Ramchek is is above Alvin Kamara. That's probably just a positional thing because offensive line gets put ahead, whatever it is. Uh, but yeah, very interesting stuff there. But this defense should be very good, like you said. But, I mean, the offense can't get anywhere if their quarterback can't perform. They have very strong pieces. Alvin Kamara will be very good no matter who their Alvin quarterback gonna, is. Alvin I think, get, get his runs, leg, runs legged into the ground. Legs <laughs> run into the ground. Which could end up hurting them. The biggest question for me is, will shit Sean Payton be will on the hot Payton? seat after this season? <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, that was funny. Sorry. I think that's a very good question. I think it's going to be what's the state of the Saints. If they have a bad year, are they going to like turn or turn it around and rebuild? When was the last time they rebuilt it? Right, it, but 2003. Rebuilt. 2003. Right. Right? I mean, they've had no reason to, but they don't have a ton of young talent right now. Yeah. Right? So either are they going to try and keep, you know, staying at about where they're at and hope that they're, you know, a couple players are just good enough to step up to where they need to be? Or is this going to be it for the Saints? At least this set of Saints. Yep. So this Saints team has a tough schedule. I have them winning eight games, and I think that was pretty generous too. So heading on to the final team. Oh, so you don't think they're going to be a wildcard team? I do not think they're going to be a wildcard team. I don't think Jameis Winston will be able to lead them to the wildcard. Buccaneers at the top of this division. They're That's the reigning so Super Bowl easy. champs. 22 of 22 starters returning. And they got Giovanni Bernard. Come on. Unbelievable. The defense is But only... they didn't keep Fournette, did they? Yeah. They did? They kept everybody. Well, but Fournette wasn't a starter, so I wasn't sure. The defense should only get better. They drafted Joe Tryon, Tyron, I forget which one it is. Yeah. Uh, he will be an amazing Tryon. player in the future. You think so? I, think I don't know enough about him. 
Yeah, I mean, he was a... Because he was like the seventh-rated pass rusher. Right. Or like tenth, and they took him. The key to me is that he'll be able to learn from the league's top pass rusher. Seriously. I mean, this defense, again, is going to be unbelievable. Especially Fita Vea, who's so good. Yeah. Um, But like you said, they brought back every single starter. And most of their roster. And (laughs) most of the, I was going to say, most of the second pieces. They, again, are going to have a top offensive line in football, assuming everybody, you know, nobody has a sharp decline. Uh, They still have the three-headed monster of Evans, Godwin, and Brown, plus Gronk and O.J. Howard and Cameron Braid still. You added the fact that they got Giovanni Bernard, which is true, and they kept Fournette and Ronald Jones, who had a breakout season last year. And their defense is still really good. They kept, they managed to keep Levante David and Devin White. Well, Devin White wasn't going to be a free agent, but they still have him. And JPP and Ndamukongsu and Shaquille Barrett. You're just naming all the starters. That's what I'm saying. It's unbelievable how much they were able to retain because they were all free agents. Right. So, uh, 13 wins. Maybe Maybe. even more. The big question for me, and this drives my prediction, is is it the year that Tom Brady finally declines? If it's Goat Brady, I have them with 14 wins. If it's a decline Brady, I have them 9 wins, top of the division still. Wow. It's a five game difference in my mind. I mean, that makes sense. I think I think if it's Code Brady, they could be fifteen or sixteen wins yeah. with this roster. Yeah. It's so. very possible. So based off that, also the MVP, if it's Goat Brady, it's Tom Brady. If not, Christian McCaffrey if he's able to stay healthy. Well you gotta pick. You gotta pick. Who's your MVP this year? What well, if it's I I think he's gonna decline, so I'll go Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, interesting. But you think Christian McCaffrey's gonna get injured? Yeah, if he doesn't, then it'll be Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> if do you want me to give a third condition? No, if Christian what, McCaffrey gets injured, I don't, want, injured, I don't want a condition. Tomorrow. I don't want to get a condition. I'm just saying. What do you think is going to happen? But it's a difference between injury and skill. Well, if you think he's going to get injured, then don't pick him as your MVP because he's going to be injured. Okay, then Alvin Kamara. Okay. Uh, I think Brady's going to be the MVP of this division because I do not see him declining. Just like I haven't for the past five years that you have. He will be the first 52-year-old quarterback to win a Super Bowl. He honestly, like, <laughs> he would. He, I mean, he came out and said my career is ending. I don't know if that means one season or two seasons, but it doesn't seem like it'll be much longer. No, he wanted to play to 45, and I think he's 43 now. I think it's, I honestly think if he's 45 and he has a, like, good season, he's going to call him. Yeah. I don't even know if he'll make it that far. I, I think if he has a good season this season, I think he'll end it. You think so? Honest, I think. He's the type of guy not to have he's that. He's so competitive, season. though. He's so competitive, but he's also very... He's very conscious, conscious. of his legacy. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Oh, exactly. yeah. But at the same time, he's so competitive that if he's still at the top of his game and playing as good as he has been, I guess, as good as he did last year, he'll go again, I think. That's possible. Uh, X-Factor? Uh, the X-Factor for me is going to be... Uh, Jameis Winston. I think so, too. The other option would be Sam Darnold. Right. Um, but, yeah, I, I think it's Jameis Winston. Because the Saints roster is a Super Bowl contender roster outside of the quarterback position. Yep. So if Jameis Winston actually did have eye problems and is now going to be really good, <laughs> they could be a Super Bowl contender. The memes around that situation are so funny. It's great. Oh, my God. Josh, do you remember that video I sent you first semester? It was you sent me a lot of videos. You gotta describe a bit. Jameis more. Winston's uh, season highlights or something like that. But every time oh, yeah. he throws an interception, <laughs> it gets faster. Oh my god! It got so fast, dude. 
so All fast. right, so let's go into Believe the Hyper Psych, the final segment for the day. Speaking of pro football focus, they recently released a list of their top 10 quarterbacks heading into the season. Josh, Believe the Hyper Psych, this list is good. I'll name the first five, check Wait. in with you, and then you name the next five. Then the list is what again? To top qualify? 10 quarterbacks. Okay. Number one, Mahomes. Two, Brady. Three, Rogers. Four, Wilson. Five, Allen. Good? Yes. Okay. Six, Dak. No. Seven, Matt Ryan. No. Eight, Kirk Cousins. No. Nine, Mayfield. No. Ten, uh, Jackson. No. That's a terrible the bottom top five. five is exactly I think spot how on. it should be. Yeah. You can make your arguments either way. I think that's spot on. And then after that, it just goes down. Dak at six is fine. It's not great. Matt Ryan I is strongly not disagree, but... Matt Ryan is not at seven. How is... And Kirk Cousins... Kirk, How is Kirk Cousins 8? Kirk Cousins should not be ahead of Baker Mayfield. Kirk Cousins shouldn't be in the top 14. He, right. He's barely in my top 16. Let me make sure that this is top 10 quarterbacks for this season, but it was some top 10 list of quarterbacks. That's insane. I, I, I'm actually in shock because I do not believe that. Uh, top 10... It just says top 10 quarterbacks in the NFL. From por- Pro Football Focus. Pro Football Focus. Yep. Pro Football Focus needs to fork their list and make yep. a new one. Maybe spoon it, too. <laughs> I mean, you could make the argument that you really should just knife it, because that actually makes sense. Somebody so responded okay. with their list. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers, Watson, Russ, Allen, Wentz, Tannehill, Murray, Hurts, Mahomes, Baker. <laughs> How do you drop Mahomes to nine? It's a joke. Oh. Carson Wentz and Jalen Hurts were in there. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> fair enough. But so psych, I agree. Insane. Um, all right, Max, believe the hyper psych. Six quarterbacks from the last three draft classes, not 2021, 2018, 19, and 20, will be Pro Bowlers this year. Do you happen to have a list of who those quarterbacks are? Uh, Josh Rosen, Sam Darnold, <laughs> <laughs> Lamar Jackson. All right. Uh, Baker, Baker Mayfield, Mayfield Josh, Josh Allen, Allen Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, Daniel Jones, Dwayne Haskins, uh, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Jalen Hurts, and Tua Tagovailoa. Uh, all right, Josh Allen will be. I don't think so. That's one. Lamar Jackson will not be. Ooh. Uh, who's? I think Joe Burrow will be. Okay, Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert will be. Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield will not. Ooh, Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray will. Um, Sam Darnold? No. <laughs> Josh Rosen? Josh Rosen? <laughs> uh, Tua? No. Jalen Hurts? No. So, so you four. say psych. I say psych. Yep. I, Baker Mayfield can't purely based on the fact that his stats won't be good this season. Because they're going to run his so much. His impact will be great. His stats will not. Interesting. Not good enough to get him to be Pro Bowl. Yeah. I don't know. It's so tough. Because let's say it's nine... Because nine Pro Bowlers quarter nine Pro Bowl quarterbacks because of Super Bowl quarterbacks plus an injury. I think that's probably safe to say nine. I think I'd say psych because I think there will be nine that have Pro Bowl caliber seasons. Yep. Yep. But I think Aaron Rodgers is gonna play and be a Pro Bowler. I think Tom Brady's gonna play and be a Pro Bowler. I think Mahomes is gonna play and be a Pro Bowler. And then you're saying out of all of the rest of the quarterbacks, six of them have to be the super recent guys. Right. So. Yep, I agree. All right, Josh, believe the hyper psych. The Browns should pay all three of Baker Mayfield, Nick Chubb, and Denzel Ward. Baker is projected four years, $154 million. 
Chubb is projected four years, 48 to 50 million, and Ward could be upwards of 70 million heading into 80 million. Okay, I think 100% yes on Baker and Chubb, personally. I think Baker's a no-brainer, assuming he performs like he did last season this season. I think that's a no-brainer. Um, Chubb is a really interesting question. We have such a good line, you could argue that it's not actually Nick Chubb being so good. It's the offensive line. At the same time, he was that good with a crappier line, and I love him. Um, Denzel Ward is the interesting question for me because that's a lot of money to commit to a guy that has yet to prove that he can be healthy. In a lot of people's minds, Chubb is the biggest question, purely based on the fact that when Denzel Ward is healthy, he's one of the top cornerbacks. When healthy. Right. I would, if I'm saying yes, I would have to have an injury clause into Denzel Ward's contract. I was going to, contracts are very rarely yes or no based on injury history. Just because it's such a fickle thing and can happen to anybody. Right. I would put an injury clause in. I would say if you put, I would do this. I would say, here's your base. That's guaranteed. Maybe that's 10 a year. And as if you play all 16 games... It would be like 20 a year. Right. I know. But I'm saying your base oh, would I be see. 10 I guaranteed. See. If you pay, play all 16 games, we'll guarantee it'll be $7 million bonus just for being in all 16. If you're Denzel Ward, do you take that over a $15 million from another team? Do you bet on your health or not? I don't know. I wouldn't. I would take 15 somewhere else. <laughs> but that's, I think, what I... I don't know what the number would be. Maybe right. it's 12 plus but 5. Even so, right. Uh, for playing. But I would need to be comfortable with signing all three. Uh, but I'll say believe the hype. I think they should sign Alter. I think they should. I don't I know if they can. Don't think if I don't think they will, to be honest. And that's scary, purely based on the fact that we have so much money put into we will on Baker, Chubb, Ward, and Garrett. Yep. Those alone will and theoretically OBJ and Jarvis Landry. Those alone will prevent us from re signing Jarvis and OBJ. Right. Which is good if we have players like DPJ continue to develop and if Anthony Schwartz can develop Richard Higgins exactly the idea don't is don't forget about my boy Richard Higgins dude I love that guy the question is are we going to be placing money spread across the team or focus on our stars and if you look at the successful teams they're teams they're not players yeah I know I, I definitely agree I think it's interesting um Chubb said he wanted to stay I do think he's one of the bigger questions, though, with how well Kareem Hunt's playing. How much money is he willing to let up to yeah, stay included? I think you need to pay. I would hope. Look, I would pay him $12 million a deal or $12 million a year in an isolated situation. I think given the surrounding roster and how many other people we need to resign, you have to have him in the 9 to 10 range. Especially since we have Kareem Hunt. <laughs> right. um, but, no, I think we should sign them all. I don't know if we're going to. Uh, Max... Believe the hyper psych, the Clippers do not need Kawhi Leonard to win the championship this year. I would say believe the hype they don't need, but psych that it wouldn't extremely help. They don't need purely based on the fact that if Paul George, if everybody's playing at their top, that is a championship caliber team, but that doesn't happen consistently enough. Yeah. I say psych. I think if they need to, if they're going to win the championship, they need Kawhi Leonard. They might. I'm not even sure they can get out of this series without Kawhi. Right. To be honest, I I think the Suns are that much of a better two two at this point. Like the fact that they're coming from a deficit makes yeah, it a lot harder. I agree. Okay, sticking in the NBA, Josh, believe the hyper psych. Giannis will never find success when set up as the team's Batman throughout the playoffs. <laughs> uh, 
Psych. I don't think so. I think he's very, very good. And I think he's going to be put in a position, whether that's with Milwaukee in the future or even this year. Um, <laughs> um, sorry, I have the game running, and I don't know what Chris Middleton just did. <laughs> I think he went to it for an attempted alley-oop, but he like just chucked the ball at the backboard. Um, I think whether it's with Milwaukee or a different team, I think he can be the ro- the Batman. The question is, is he going to be Batman with Justice League or Batman with Robin? What will find him the championship? Oh, interesting. I think Justice League. Justice League. You think he needs those two other superstars? Oh, I see what you're saying. Or you think- I'm saying I think he needs a number of a really number good of- role players. Okay. Right? Because I think he can have a very similar to effect... Or fa- very similar to effect to that hypothetical LeBron James team with four shooters around him that's unbeatable. Right. Right? I think he I think that can be very similar to what the Bucks could if do. If you surround Giannis with four three and D guys. Yeah. Yep. Right? Yep. Middleton can be a three and D guy. Yep. You gotta have one other facilitator. Give him Drake Crowder. Guy. Right. Crowder. Drew Holiday uh, could be that as well. I love Drew Holiday's the perfect fit for a Giannis yep. team. Um, I don't know what his three-point percentage is, though. But um, Jay Crowder, um, Kyle Korver, J.J. Redick, and Duncan Robinson. Right. Although some of those players are purely three, not much D. Well, that's a good point. (laughs) But But he has heart. We love him. (laughs) So I'd say psych. Um, I forgot we're normally supposed to do a third Believe the Hyper psych. So I'm going to come up with one right off the spot, Max. Wow. Believe the hyper psych. Ben Simmons will never succeed in Philadelphia. Believe the hype. I think he's out of there in a season or two. Next time he has a contract, he can't be there. And I don't think the 76ers flipping it back can succeed with Ben Simmons. Ooh. Yeah, I believe the hype too. But I think they, well... Never is a tricky word. I think they could, given a very particular set of circumstances. I think they need the fifth player on the floor to be a shooter. Right? Tobias Harris can shoot. Um, uh, Who's the other person I'm forgetting? Seth Curry can shoot. The fifth person has to be a shooter. Um, And Ben Simmons needs to regain his confidence. Because he clearly didn't have it this postseason. So I don't want to say never. So I guess that means I believe that. <laughs> or psych, whatever. I All right. What well, this has been another great episode of not of believe the hyper psych, but of <laughs> the factory of sadness. Josh, Wait, do I have you not have a third? Belie- oh, okay, okay. I already okay, said it. I already said it. I'm. Good. I said my third. You already had three. Yeah. Oh, that's in- that's super embarrassing. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> All right. I'm just getting so excited in sports talks. I barely yeah, even recognize yeah. that it's been on three thingies. There you go. Well, next week we'll hit you up with another division and possibly predictions for the NBA Finals. I'm not really sure how this schedule I works. I think it'll be done by then. It should be. I um, sure hope so. Although the Hawks are up 11 points right now. 39 to 28. I don't, start, this I don't start paying attention until the fourth quarter. No, we're going to go play some Wii for a little bit until it's yeah. midway through the third quarter, right? Well, so. I thought I'd throw it back to a few episodes ago and end it with a quote. Oh, Josh. No. They don't think it be like it is, but it do. Word. <laughs>